Thank you, thank you, thank you. You're far too kind for tuning in once again to a little thing we like to call the On Blast Podcast. As always, my name is Sheldon Alexander, and I'm joined by my guy, Andrew Webster. Webby, what is good? Where are the other two episodes of the Jordan documentary that we should be doing? (laughs) Where are episodes 11 and 12? Right? How weird was it to not have the Jordan doc to just get us through another week, just to talk about, just to watch, just to like plan your Sunday afternoon, your Sunday evening around? Although we did have Tiger and Peyton and Tom Brady and Phil Mickelson playing golf. I'm going to be honest, I did not watch. It was good. It was good. <laughs> those guys those guys were really funny. And you know what? They had Chuck. Mm-hmm. They had uh, Charles Barkley in the booth, who was awesome. But you know who really stole the show for me? Was Justin Thomas, the golfer. Oh. He was, he was doing some of the commentary as well. And okay. he was funny. He was really hilarious. Like okay. he was giving it to the guys who were out on the course, and he had an awesome like back and forth kind of thing going on with Chuck. He was great, man. He's going to be excellent on TV if you're a golf fan. When his long career will be over, he's still a young guy, so I'm sure he's got tons of time left. But he was great. I thought he was really good. Well, there are signs of life, Webby, in the sports yeah, world. That, big That's thing a key. Is, is that we've got sports on the horizon, Shelley. Yes, and you know, of course, we would hope this goes without saying, but the precursor to this entire conversation as we dive into sports is that this is all based off everyone being safe and healthy Mm -hmm. and getting the continued go-ahead from the medical professionals and the government. Because as mentioned, you know, we're not here to debate the public health, you know, because leave that to the professionals. I'm not here to even pretend to try to know nearly enough about that to debate it in a public forum. What I am here to talk about is sports. And so as of this moment, there seems to be, you know, we're snowballing towards a return and there's some sports to talk about. Light at the end of the tunnel. There's a light at the end of the tunnel. And of course, everything that we're going to talk about tonight, all is going to be based on these leagues passing these phases. It seems like every sport that's looking to come back has you know, a certain amount of phases that you have to pass. So whether it's like like getting the team together to train, an Mm -hmm. actual training uh, period of time, and then getting the games going, we just want everybody to be safe through those phases. We want everybody to continue to remain healthy, and we want these games back, especially when we're talking about the NBA. And boy, are we talking about the NBA as Woj continues to drop bombs. As we know, if there's ever news going on in the NBA, you're going to hear it first. It's all about Woj. Right? You're going to hear it from Woj. And he put out some a couple you know, interesting scenarios as I think earlier this week, there were, it was the playoff seedings in terms of reseeding everyone regardless of conference, 1 to 16, and then kind of having a bracket style playoff from there. And then today, as in Tuesday, we're taping this Tuesday night, there was talk of a World Cup-styled pool. Or, yeah, a pool. I guess it's a way to put it. Yeah, like a group stage. Exactly. That could be the precursor to getting to the actual 16 teams that would then be your more traditional playoffs that we're used to. So two very interesting scenarios, and we thought it might be a good time to kind of deep dive into those and see... 
what we like, what we don't like, what kind of matchups would be cool to see. And let's let's dive right into that, right? Because at this point, right, there's a lot of talk, but Woj tells everyone to kind of pump the brakes and know that there's still a whole lot of work to happen. And in terms of timelines, uh, this is from Woj's article. The NBA believes it has time to deliberate and discuss the matter. In fact, there's a possibility the first games played in Orlando could be in August, not July, as sources said. So we could still be a ways away from games. but And I think that's still smart for a league like the NBA mm-hmm. uh, that, again, is way more player-focused than some of the other major uh, four, major four sports that we have in North America. Uh, they definitely want to see what the NHL looks like when they come back is they've just kind of released what it's going to look like for their playoffs. They're ending the regular season in hockey, and mm-hmm. they're getting right into playoffs. Um, and then baseball, which looks, I mean, <laughs> if, if baseball writers can be believed, if the Players Association and the league can come to uh, some sort of agreement. Mm-hmm. But if that does go on, I would imagine that like that first weekend in July, July 4th, Independence Day in the States, that would be when baseball returns. So for the NBA to kind of take a kind of a wait-and-see approach to these other sports I think is smart because uh, just because they're going to have a little more uh, planning and uh, more conversations with their players' union in the NBA just because the players do have a lot of power in the league. And the other thing, too, is that the NBA, what they do a really good job of is they float a lot of ideas, right? They'll have things get out, kind of test the waters, see what not only the players and other owners think, but kind of let the media have their say, let the fans have their Social say. Social media, they can, yeah. Of course. And so that's where we begin here. So we mentioned there's a 1-16 to seeding, then there's a World Cup style pool, right? Let's start with a couple of these things, though, and going right to the playoffs, How much do you like the idea of just going straight to the playoffs and keeping it to 16 teams instead of opening it up and trying to finish some form of a regular season? Let's start there, Webby. Do you like that idea? A 1-16 through playoff? I don't think that that's very likely because I don't think that you're going to throw these teams right into the deep end in terms of having them back and then now these games count for... Uh, you know, high stakes like playoff games. All the Tostitos? Think, yeah, right? <laughs> I don't think that that's that realistic. I think that these teams need maybe, um, whether it be a week or a week and a half of not meaningless, but um, not, like you say, for all the Tostitos games. <laughs> they yeah. need a little like lead-in to whittling it down to a tournament-style Best, uh, like best of seven or best of five into uh, Sweet 16, I think that Kirk Goldsberry called it on his little infographic there. But like before we get to that one to 16, I think you're going to have to have some lead in games, whether they be play in games or like we said, a group stage or like the NHL is doing, uh, seeding for the uh, like giving the. Uh, the top four teams in every conference kind of a buy, but have them play round Robin mm-hmm. while you have these preliminary, uh, almost playoff series that are not best of seven, but best of fives, just to give everybody some time to get back into playing speed and playing shape. And then once you get it whittled down to 16, then we're ready to go. We're in the bubble in Orlando and we're getting games all day. I mean, this is what we've been waiting for. 
Yeah, and um, I probably should have mentioned off the top, people should know by now that it seems like it's going to be in Orlando, uh, where they have this set up already. Kind of, you know, there's a bunch of hotels where a bunch of the players could stay, obviously. It makes and they sense. have a bunch of courts all set up because they normally have AAU tournaments. And plus the relationship between Disney and ESPN, the same company, right? And so that's one of the major TV partners with the NBA as well. So that side of it is one thing that the NBA has a one-up on most other leagues. They kind of already have a great setup in terms of where they're going to host all these games. Super important. Yeah. To get to your point, and I agree with you, you need a little something before it gets too real. You can't just go 0-100 to 100 from practice and 5-on-5 five five scrimmage after being off for two to three months right into the playoffs. That's super unfair. But also, the other thing for me is there are so many teams that were kind of on the brink, and I think it's kind of unfair to not give some of those teams a shot at getting into the playoffs. And I know they played 70-plus games. Do you know what I mean? I know they played 70-plus games, but still, for a team that would be so close or a team like Portland who dealt with so many injuries and scrapped and clawed or Zion's finally healthy and to have those teams not get a chance to get in, like not have a chance, and you're three and a half games out, that seems unfair, right? But the seeding is also super important too because the Lakers, who were in first in the West, their schedule down the stretch was about to be very, very, very tough. Yeah. <laughs> right? So to just, you know, get into the situation where you have the bracket and it's set and there's no anything else, it's kind of, I don't want to say unfair, but there's a better way to do it, I think. Yeah, we're in agreement there, but l- yeah. let's... Let's stick to this side of the argument for now, and then we'll get to some of the other suggestions after, right? But let's just stick here and say, if we do go with the 1-16 to seeding, right? If they do, because this one, let's be serious, it's the most simple idea and easiest idea in terms of being able to follow, but also you're keeping the numbers down because you're not bringing back all these other teams and bringing them into a tough situation where they need testing, right, for like all these other teams, and the other point about keeping it just a 16-team playoff and not adding all of these other games, all of these other dates, is that if you are going to start in August, mm-hmm. you've got NFL season looming just around the corner. Uh, and the last call. thing that the NBA wants to do is have these games run into uh, you know, an NFL Sunday, especially in a season like we're going to have where like every eye is going to be on what football looks like. Yeah. Um, super good point. Super great point there. Uh, but if we do go with this 1-16, to there are some very interesting matchups, right? But let's take a look at this bracket here. And I'll try to kind of go through it, but if we start on, I mean, because there's no East or West, you're just going right. to 16 seeds, 16 top seeds in the NBA, right? So the first eight of the West and the first eight of the East, but it's just straight seeds best record so on the one side you would have the one versus 16 which would be the bucks versus the magic that's a smash smash city for sure then you have the eight nine matchup which would be the miami heat against the okc thunder very very interested in that series yes absolutely that series could be fun then we get the 4-13 matchup, which I, I think... I like this one. <laughs> I like this one a lot. 
Clippers Mavs. That would be a great, great, great series. And like that's a primetime series right there, no? And Shelly, absolutely. And you know what I've missed in this time with no sports? I've missed my man Luca. <laughs> I've missed the okay. step backs. I've missed all the swag that kid brought. And I want to see him. Like, that's the thing. Like, Luca is incredible. And if he's going to do it, I mean, a series against the Clippers with a now 100% healthy Paul George, you have to imagine. Yeah. And Kawhi. I mean, ooh, they give me that series for sure. That'll be so much fun. Then I think a series that you'd be super interested in the Boston Celtics, a five seed against a 12 seeded. Philadelphia 76ers. I mean, has there been a better 12 seed in any tournament <laughs> than than the 76ers than the Sixers team? Oh, give me all this smoke. Oh. I It'd was just so watching good. I was just watching I sent you that Joel Embiid dunk clip against the Celtics uh, <laughs> today. For some reason the Sixers decided to tweet that out today after this was uh, announced yeah. this uh potential uh, uh 16 team playoff. So mm-hmm. I figured I've, I I should forward that along to you just to rem- the masked Embiid throwing it down against the Celtics. Oh, that th- yes. Th- those two teams don't like each other. A lot of history big out like that that's a prime time series for sure so the other thing too before we get to the other side of the bracket there's some interesting like next round matchups right like let's just say that the clippers move on they win a tough series against the mavs now you get the winner of the sixers and celtics either way that's a great matchup against the clippers right and then up top the winner if whoever gets through let's assume the clippers get through that right let's just assume i know i don't want to anger Boston or you and your Philly faithful. That's right. But let's just say this: the Clippers get through and Kawhi gets through. Waiting for you on the other side could be the Heat or most likely Giannis and the Bucks. Like that's a tough run. That's a pretty tough run to the NBA Finals if you're the Kawhi and the Clippers. No. Yeah, absolutely. But then the other thing is too: it's like the Bucks as that one seed facing that Heat team in round two mm-hmm. is a little tougher than they would have gotten. Obviously, had the playoffs just kind of played out as we thought they were going to uh, in the regular season. It's like you probably, if you're the Bucks and this regular season plays out, you're probably not going to see the Heat in the playoffs. It's crazy that the Heater that would be the eighth seed, right, in the entire right? league. It is, yeah. Super interesting. But as we flip to the other side of the bracket, we got the number two seeded Los Angeles Lakers taking on the Brooklyn Nets. Okay, and now the question the big question here is is KD. Is is that like done for the year or is there any chance of him playing? So there's a couple things here. I remember seeing an interview or listening to an interview with uh, KD's like business manager, business partner. Uh, what's his uh, name? Rex Kleiman. Yeah. Kleiman. And or Rich Kleiman. Yeah. I always get them confused because there's a former Raptors assist, assistant coach that was like Rex or Rich Kleiman or Clayman, and I'm he mispronouncing the, the was, name now. He was the guy who was acting crazy in the. In the first quarter interviews, was that him? <laughs> yes. Yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. So, but I, I think no, it's, it's Rich, Rich Climb. Rich, Rich Climbing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So that's KD's business manager. I was listening to him or his business partner as well. Um, I was listening to him and he was saying he doesn't think KD would be coming back this season. So that's not a no, though. It's not a no. He was saying that as of now, and this was a couple weeks ago, mind you. Um, he was saying they hadn't really talked about it, hadn't really been a thing. The only thing that made me kind of perk up was when um, 
I think it was Chris Hayes who reported that all the NBA's top stars had a conference call together a couple weeks ago to gauge interest about the season coming back. When they listed all the stars that took place in the call, it was, of course, LeBron, Chris Paul, Giannis, you know, listed off everybody who's who, but Kevin Durant's name was in that as well. I thought that was kind of interesting because Hmm. if he's not coming back, why would he really, why would he be one of the four people at the front to try to, you know, be in on that conversation? But with that said... Well, the second part of the question is, what about Kyrie? No idea. I heard, I was listening to uh, Woj and Zach Lowe, and they were saying that as of now, like, the the whispers is that KD and Kyrie, they don't think those guys would be there. Because the other part to remember, too, is, okay, so Durant would be coming back from injury. This will be a tough, you know, ramp up for anyone to jump in. Is it really worth it? And especially in this situation where you're coming back against the Lakers in the first round, right? Like, that's a tough, a tough space to put KD in with whoever, who's filling in to be their coach. Because if you remember right, Brooklyn's right. coach, yeah. Kenny Atkinson, st- yeah, right? Or they mutually parted ways. I don't know which way you want to put ways. it. Sorry. Uh, same thing, right? Like, <laughs> let's be right. serious. Oh, yeah. But I don't remember who it is that's stepping in for them, but it's clearly not whoever they're going to have next season, who I'm guessing will be handpicked by Katie and Kyrie. But Do you know what, what I'm saying? Inc- so, what an incredible, like, I mean, because I think that if, I mean, obviously it wouldn't be 100%, but if anybody can put the fear of God into LeBron and the Lakers, for I sure. Mean, that would that's be incredible. Risk, man. That's a huge risk. And if you're if I you're know. KD, it's kind of like you ju- to come you just right back it. in and you got to guard if, LeBron. If you're those, I mean, listen, <laughs> if anybody can do it, it's probably KD. But if you're the Nets and if you're the owner of the Nets, which is no longer Prokhorov, right? Yeah. Uh, but if you're the owner of the Nets, I'm sure you're like, no, 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 homies, just wait. But yeah. if you're KD or, and Kyrie, aren't you kind of calling you like? Isn't Kyrie kind of calling KD and the other way around and being like, I mean, I'm going to be honest. Say we couldn't do this. Maybe if the matchup was a little different, but I don't think they want that smoke with LeBron. You don't have any. You don't have enough. To, you have a lot more to lose, and you have to gain in that situation. You think that Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving are afraid of LeBron James? I th- <laughs> I don't think they're afraid of LeBron James. I don't think that. I think that they would rather know that they are 100% healthy and they have chemistry with their teammates that they have not all played with yet before stepping into the NBA playoffs against LeBron James and Anthony Davis. That's very fair enough. That's a definite uh, uh, what like a diplomatic answer. Oh, I gave my PC answer. I did not say <laughs> I did not say they didn't want the smoke. That's not what I said at all. <laughs> that is not what I said. I said right. I said what I said, but I did not say they don't want the smoke. I'll let someone else say that. I'll That's let y'all right. assume whatever you want to assume, <laughs> and I'll move on to the next matchup, which would be the seven and ten matchup: the seven seeded Utah Jazz against the Houston Rockets, a ten seed. I mean, I mean, again, Russ, I like it. Russ and the Jazz again, huh? I was going to say, like, there, there's definite history between these. Well, like, not necessarily, I don't think, between the Rockets and Jazz, other than no. the 
as we as we watched during the last dance that John Stockton Ooh. shot back in the day that yep. eliminated the Rockets, mm-hmm. which is like why are Stockton not getting in lo- not getting enough love, you know, True. for True. for one of the most clutch shots in NBA history. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, Russ has definitely had some history in Utah. Definitely, for sure. Then we get to your Toronto Raptors, the three seed against the fourteen seeded Memphis Grizzlies, which now, to me is an interesting matchup. It's now the a Raps, smash. It's a the smash. The Raps are a better team. I'm not saying they're not the better team. They are by far the better team, and they sh- they should win the series. I'm just saying, don't sleep on the Grizzlies. Like it's not the smash city that we that you assume it is. I'll with just say Ja that. with Ja and Triple J and maybe a little Jonas Valanciunas revenge the JV series. Revenge series? <laughs> JV Yo. revenge series? Yo. No, was, we know Gasol. Minutes. Gasol would have JV on manners. We know Yo, that already. hundred percent. Although we it's like that. it's like the Spider Man meme of them like pointing at each other. Oh, Raptors fans would be so confused because there's so many of them that still love JV so much. Um, it's like, but it's like, who do, who guards Ja? Who guards who guards Morant? Well, this is where it comes back to what we were talking about before, where I'd assume you probably put OG on him. I guess. Yeah, he because put clamps this, on him pretty good. But this also goes back to what we were talking about all the time this whole season about Kyle and Fred as your backcourt, right? Yeah. When you run into tough situations, I guess you put you might put Fred on him, but at the same time you also need Fred scoring. You know, yeah. do you have Fred come off the bench so that he can spell Kyle, and then you have both of them kind of run at him at Jaw. A lot of decisions, but you know Nick Nurse is up for it. But yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Let, I think that's a, a look- smash. I think that's a smash series for the Raptors. I mean, looking at. I mean, obviously, you look at the 116 and 215 matchups, mm-hmm. and it's not like that much going out on a limb to say, well, then the 13-3-14 series is kind of a mismatch, but that's definitely the third one that you look at, and it's like, oh, yeah, that's the Raptors getting through there. Uh, if you look at how close the Raps would have been to playing the Mavs, I mean, <laughs> that would have been a little more interesting for you? Uh, definitely, definitely. <laughs> Luca, uh, but if you think of the Raps' path in this situation, and you would go from the Raptors, and they would take on the winner of the six-seeded um, Denver Nuggets and the eleventh-seed Indiana Pacers. That's a and very tough first-round matchup for both those teams, to be honest. I was gonna say, like, that's no slouch of a series either, because by this point, again, with all this time off, a guy like Victor Oladipo, for we sure. don't know. Like what kind of speed he's going to be at, but mm-hmm. you give him all this time, he's not the kind of guy to slouch it on the couch, man. He's yeah. going to be in the gym, and it wouldn't shock me to see him come back and be the kind of like dominant force that he was before he unfortunately got injured last year. I totally agree with you, my dude, and and that's a tough series. We know that the, I mean, on the flip side. Do we trust what Jokic might have been doing for the past two months off? <laughs> this is the, absolutely the other side of the spectrum. I want to know how many cigarettes Nikola Jokic smoked during COVID. I don't know if the cigarettes would have been what I'd be worried about the most. I'd be worried about, the you know, what's it, the cheeseburger intake, you know, I'm, I'm just saying. Hitting I'm that, just saying. Uh, Hitting that DoorDash, hitting that uh, <laughs> skip the dishes. You know, it's like the Wendy's comes right to you. 
Exactly, exactly. So either way, a second round matchup the Raps would have against the Pacers or Nuggets would be a pretty tough series, I think. Tougher series than most people would think just because it's Agreed. not a flashy. Neither team are super flashy no. or have rock like by, rock the A-list star. Sure. Yeah, it'd be a tough series though, right? The next round? For sure, for sure. And uh, But I think if I'm a Raptor fan, I mean, obviously you want the devil that you know rather than the devil you don't. So getting the Pacers, I think, would be a little more advantageous than to, especially if, say, Jokic comes back and instead, like we think he's been eating cheeseburger, he'd come back <laughs> totally yoked out. Like, he'd be a tough, like, that's a tough assignment, like a red-hot Jokic for, uh, for, for the Raptors to try and cover. Imagine if Jokic came back looking like how CC Sabathia looks during this quarantine. Have you seen or those Sir- pictures? Oh, dude! Like that's not <laughs> Serge Bar. That's not uh, CC Sabathia. CC <laughs> dropped one of the C's. It's now just C Sabathia. <laughs> Fair enough, my dude. Fair enough. So if we say the Raps move on to the next round, I'd still say they'd be favored against either the Nuggets or the Pacers. But let's say they beat that team. Then you'd have the Lakers waiting for them. And that's that's the last thing. Like, like imagine imagine being a Raptors fan. I'm talking to, like, the number one Raptors fan. You've done, (laughs) you've, like, breathed a sigh of relief. Oh my God! The only time now that we're going to see LeBron James is in a potential NBA Finals. Nope. Oh my God! We're, it's like, and then it's just like because I saw that uh, I saw that little cartoon on the internet the other day of like it's like the really bad drawings and it's like the Raptors. It's like all right, PJ Tucker, you're the LeBron stopper, and then the next is please stop, and LeBron just goes no. No, it's like that's the last like you'd rather be on the other side of the bracket right because you want Giannis and you know like yeah you've owned like last year was an embarrassment for Giannis so the Raptors are obviously built to handle Eastern Conference opponents but now Mm -hmm. like I mean LeBron in that third round would just be unbelievable and also, too, the, the tough part about having to play against LeBron and Anthony Davis, they're going to be a tough out for any team, but it's just because once they figure out that front line situation and they buy minutes with whoever's at center, Dwight or uh, JaVale McGee, mm-hmm. but when, even when they match down and go with the front line of LeBron and Anthony Davis, how many front lines in the entire league can even come close to that, right? Oh, and so... Yeah. They're just playing, you know, layup and dunk basketball pretty much every time down the floor, or they're shooting free throws, LeBron and AD. So that's a tough, tough out in that series. And if you think about all these guys coming back, you would assume it might take a while for the shooting to get back up to par. So teams that are able to work and be so effective inside, that's a tough, tough go, that Lakers team no matter how you spin it. So that potential path of the Raptors against the Grizz and then, you know, Nuggets or Pacers and then the Lakers to get back to the finals, it's a tough one. But at the same time, I want to see the smoke of Rockets versus Lakers in round two. I just think that'd be a fun series, regardless of if the Lakers win or not. I just think that would be a fun series to watch. Because and then and then that is like the total um, battle of styles that you want to sure. see. It's like you just talked about, you know, when the Lakers decide to go big and have uh, LeBron and AD out there. Well, the Rockets b- have 
basically played the last two, three months of NBA basketball with no big men. Yeah. With, totally. with with not a basically with one forward on the court like a friggin like Villanova totally totally so that's kind of the breakdown of how this whole thing can go Raptors fans message us hit us in the comments let us know what you think of how the Raptors potential route back to the NBA finals could go what matchups you like if you guys like this you know setup of the quote unquote NBA sweet 16. Uh, let us know what you think. And for sure, you know, we just talked about the matchups and things that we could see. But as we move this along, Webby, if they open it up, and the first thing I want to ask you is what about bringing everyone back? Right? Like, I think we agree that it doesn't really make sense to bring back teams that have no shot at the playoffs, right? Right. But I think that bringing. I think that only bringing playoff-eligible teams back Mm -hmm. isn't the way to go. I think you do have to find a way to bring... Like, that's why, uh, you know, we might, uh, you know... we might hit the NHL for how they announced uh, yeah. what they're going to do for their uh, playoffs. But the idea of the 24 teams rather mm-hmm. than 16 or 20 or 18, I think that including more rather than less is yeah. good for the sport. And I think if you can bring in, say, you know, eight more teams, four from each conference, the you know, the what they would be the 9 10 11 and 12 seeds mm-hmm. i think that that's good because you know what if you're the wizards and you catch fire you know yeah. like wouldn't that be an awesome story or like you say the nba is going to try and do everything they can to get zion williamson into this <laughs> basketball dome in orlando like yes. that's going to happen yeah. and a big star like damian lillard like that's somebody that the nba is definitely going to want to put in this so- showcase mm-hmm. so i think that going with more teams rather than fewer is the way to go but i don't think that they're going to bring every team back i just think that that's too much yeah, I agree with that too. And any scenario in which you would bring back every team, I don't think it's first off, I don't think it's fair to give a team like let's say Golden State that's tanked the entire year. Yeah. I don't think it'd be fair to like give them a chance now to work their way back into the playoffs, right? Just because they could obviously throw out a healthy Steph, Clay, and Draymond along with Wiggins and then magically like I don't think that's fair. Right, like you tank the whole season. The bottom teams that are that have no chance, cool, get out of here. But there is some room for the in between with what you're saying, right? And I think that a lot of this talk about the play in, you know, a lot of people like it, and a lot of it seems to make sense because uh, I think the teams that would be kind of close, right? Like you're talking Blazers, Pelicans, Kings, and Spurs. I got the yeah the standings in front of me and the that's in the west and yeah. then in the east your Knicks make it uh the Bulls <laughs> the Hornets and the Wizards. So not only do you get uh not only do you get like classic teams like the Spurs in there, uh mm-hmm. the Bulls and the Knicks for those that TV money, but like we just saw we just had 10 episodes of the Michael Jordan documentary may as well get his Charlotte Hornets involved. You yeah. know, like it's just smart for the NBA to try and get these uh, markets as involved as they can without giving everybody a chance, like you say, to to bring back Steph and Clay and Draymond to win it all the way from the back, you know? 
Yeah, so there's a lot of talk about, you know, whether it would be the 30 teams or would it be 20 teams. There's a lot of, you know, information out there that's going back and forth. And we don't really know where the NBA is going to settle. But one of the things that's been thrown out there is this World Cup pool style. And Webby, you're a big soccer guy, right? So, you know, whether it's Champs League or whether it's an actual World Cup of soccer, we know already because we've heard Adam Silver talk about the fact that he's kind of jealous, right? In kind of the offs or the other tournaments that soccer has, and how it's able to captivate the world with this different kind of styled format. So this is from Woj's article today. Follow me for a second here. He says there was a league's GM survey that included a pool play option featuring somewhere between the current sixteen current playoff teams and the full body thirty NBA teams. Teams would be divided into a certain number of groups and face each member of their group the same amount of times. The total number of pool games has not yet been specified, and all of these would likely be branded as playoff games. Based on the final standings within the group, eight teams would advance out of pool play into the bracket meant to mimic the league's normal postseason structure. This is sources telling uh, Zach Lowe and uh, Woj. So... Super interesting there. And I think the theory that people are kind of going with is the 16 teams that are in the playoffs and they're saying the records in the East are probably so bad, but also the teams in the East were a little further away than the teams in the West. I think it was, right. what, three and a half games uh, between yeah, the, the Blazers, Pels, Kings, and Spurs, right? Yeah, they're all at 21 and a half games back. So, so if you, you would take those three and what, the Wiz? Not even nobody from the you take nobody from the east, the east playoffs or the east playoff teams, right? So you have the 16 that are in, and then you take the next four from the west Blazers, Pelicans, Kings, and Spurs. And so the theory is that you would put the, the teams into tiers, right? So it's tiers based right. on your record. So in theory, you know, it could look like so you do it in order, right? So tier one would be Bucks, Lakers, Raptors, Clippers. Tier this two, is if we have 20 teams? This, this would be if we the, had 20 teams. If we had those, and the, the, the extra four were all from the West. Yes, okay. right? So then you'd have, you know, you'd have uh, Tier Bucks, 1. Lakers, Raptors, Clips, yeah. Yeah, Tier 2, Celtics, Nuggets, Jazz, Heat. Tier 3, right. Thunder, Rockets, Pacers, Sixers. Tier First 4. All, offended that the Sixers are not Tier 2 and Tier 3, but go on. <laughs> Tier 4, Mavs, Grizz, Nets, Magic, and then your Tier 5, the four teams we just mentioned, Blazers, Pels, Kings, and Spurs. And so, if for those who wouldn't be familiar with how, you know, these groups would then be put in, you're basically taking one team from each tier, and that would be a group. Which also gives you, now, if you guys aren't familiar with how the World Cup works or Champions League, you get the draw show. Where exactly. you're going to be there pulling the envelopes, who is in what group, <laughs> and let, let, it's great TV. And if Amazing you're the NBA, TV. And if you're the NBA, what you want is content that you can put on television for people to watch. Because totally. it's going to go through the roof. It, like totally. the ratings for this, and really the ratings for all of these sports that we're talking about coming back, we're not going to be we're, like these ratings that these games get are going to be like Friends in '96. You know, <laughs> it's going to be like a 30 share, just yeah. going to be absolutely insane. 
Yeah, I'd imagine that. And, you know, people are afraid of certain things like the group of death, which is something that happens all oh the time. Oh, my God. Can you imagine the group of death in this, <laughs> out of this? It's like, especially like, I mean, I just made the joke about the Sixers being in the third tier, but mm-hmm. that is a nasty third tier team. And then the Mavs in tier four. I mean, yeah. if you're in that group of somehow the Sixers and the Mavs and say the Pelicans are your three, four, five tier. Yeah. Oh, my goodness gracious. Like, just, oh. I'm just getting excited thinking about it, you know? Right? Because you know how great that show would be, right? Like, oh the, the show, the that unveiling show of the groups would be so good. It, You know, you have Ernie hosting it. Ernie Johnson would host it with, like, no, Rachel no, no, Nichols could, or something. No, no, no. You got to do what they do in soccer, where you get the old player. So you get, like, you get Meek <laughs> or you get uh, Hold uh, on. Charles. MJ. MJ, and then you got to bring in the rocket, like, uh, you know, the pop star, the model, or whatever. <laughs> like, that's how they yes. do it for the soccer, it's right? True. For FIFA it's true. and Champions League. It's true. It's true. You get, like, Rihanna to come in. Rihanna's a oh huge basketball God. fan. Oh, the, 100%. Like, there won't be any fans in this dome. There needs yep. to be one fan, and it needs to be Rihanna. <laughs> and they just got to give her all the herbs she wants. And who's going to be against this plan? Right, no. Adam Silver. I hope you're listening to the On Blast podcast yeah. right now because we're we're giving you TV hit, hints right now how you can make this TV show magic right now. Listen, it's not magic. It's just Rihanna. <laughs> it's just Riri. It's just Riri. So clearly, we like because this you get to hear her. You'd also get to hear her like yell at the players because you'd know that she'd be popping off at the mouth too. That would well, be the she best loves part. LeBron, right, and the Lakers, exactly. so she'd be yeah. definitely rooting for the Lakers. So I mean, that'd be super interesting. And you know, I think this setup. I know it's kind of crazy. It might be tough to follow for some fans, but I really like this setup because I just think that it's different. And I think because of the crazy situation that you know sports find themselves in. To me, it's okay to come out of left field with a different plan or a different kind of idea, even if it is just for the one year, because you're just trying to create some form of TV drama to bring in all the fans that you possibly can. And as you mentioned, if you do end up, whenever this starts, going against the NFL, you probably need something where, hey, we got Zion going up against LeBron, right? Or You got Dame Lillard trying to shoot the lights out against Kawhi and the Clippers. Like, you need something like that to just bring people in, draw people in, have as many stars as possible, because that's going to be the way that you're going to garner attention and, and gain the traction online. And we know NBA fans are thirsty for their content, but if you need to make it as big time as possible, and if that means you're trying this new way of doing it, I'm in on the World Cup idea. But what do you now, think? The, uh, this is a great idea, and it just led me to think of, you know, we've been talking a little bit about the NHL and how they're doing it, mm-hmm. you know, and I think that, like, when it all boils down to it, playoffs are the same, right? Mm-hmm. Whether it's hockey, baseball, or basketball. I guess NFL is different because it's single elimination, but in all of these other sports, it's a series, and the winner, whoever gets to three ga- three wins or four wins first, moves on. Mm-hmm. What's going to be so cool about the NBA doing this and the NF, NHL doing what they're doing is that the it's going to be so different. 
So yeah. you're going to flip on the screen. It's like, okay, you're going to flip, you know, okay, shoot. So the Leafs are playing the Blue Jackets. This is a best of five series to move on to the next round. Okay, we know that. But now I'm going to go over to the other channel where the Sixers are playing a group game against the Rockets. So <laughs> they need to win that to get enough points to move on to the – like. I think that that's going to add a whole lot more uh, intrigue into what yeah. we're watching, right? And so totally. it's not just going to be cookie cutter, oh, well, we know that they're down 2-1 in the series. It's like, oh, there's all these other kind of tweaks to what's going on that it's going to drive interest. Yeah, I totally agree. I, I think it's cool. And I think some people, the downside that you're hearing from some people is that there's a chance for random outcomes. Like we know the NBA, we've kind of tiptoed around it, but you know the NBA wants LeBron's Lakers, the Clippers, Luka. Obviously, I mean, Tom Haberstrow, who is one of the top NBA writers, he tweeted out today uh, this from his Twitter account. He said, just about everybody in the league is wondering how many teams will be going to Orlando if and when the NBA season resumes. 16, 20, 24, 30. In my conversation with several team execs, one detail keeps coming up. Zion Williamson is a 10 seed, (laughs) right? So we know what the NBA is about. And does this format kind of lead, leave a lot of room, let's say, for LeBron and company not having a deep run in a time when you probably assume the NBA wants to ensure that they get their top guys in a final of this whatever tournament you're going to call it or how whatever asterisks they're going to put beside it. You know what I mean? Like, you, 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 does it leave too much room for error? I, I, I get what you're saying, but I don't think that the NBA is so much concerned about random outcomes as they are the teams that get in. Fair. This is why I think that the uh, that's this is why I think that it is going to be a 24 team invite because the Bulls and the Knicks are would squeak in on the East because yeah. I think that it's about. Well, it is about star players, yeah, and like, listen, no matter what, Zion and the Pelicans are going to be in whatever takes place in Orlando, mm-hmm. but I think that the NBA is smart enough to know to get the big um, the big markets, so I, that's yeah. why I, th- I have a feeling that the Bulls and the Knicks, however, you know, they do not deserve to be in any kind of playoff, will be invited to do Oof. if it is a group stage kind of thing because of the because it's New York and Chicago. The other thing that's interesting too, with it being neutral site, the time zones don't matter anymore, right? Like you could just put LeBron in prime time every night oh. just cause, right? LeBron Le- Le- and the Clippers LeBron. in prime time every night, right? LeBron and the Lakers are the hammer every night. Absolutely. <laughs> That's eight o'clock. That's that's only six my time. Fair uh, enough. But, but that is yeah, that's prime time TV right there. So sure. let me, let me ask you something because this comes up a lot. The talk of asterisks. Do you think that regardless of which way the NBA goes with this playoff format, when they do hand out the Larry OB, will there be an asterisk beside this championship? I think in the I don't think in the record books there will be. I think in the minds I I, I you said irregardless or like uh, regardless of who wins irregardless not a word regardless of who <laughs> wins regardless of who wins will the, I think that it is like it will matter who wins mm-hmm. like I think that if say I think for example if the Lakers win there will be if the Bucks win there won't okay. 
I think that if LeBron does get his, what would it be, his fourth? Uh, yeah, it'd be his fourth chip. Yeah, LeBron's fourth chip, yeah. I think that people would say, well, that fourth one isn't, or if the Rockets won, or if mm-hmm. the Sixers, oh, please God, a lot, most people in the NBA would, would say, or if like a real low seed would, yeah. were to win. Uh, I think that they would, but say if you know the Nuggets or the Clippers or even the Raptors, like the Celtics, I don't think there would be. Yeah, I think it's it's super interesting, and I just think no matter what happens, this twenty twenty NBA title, no matter how you hand it out, it'll like this year, no matter what. <laughs> The whole year has an asterisk, right? Yeah. So and listen, like... the, the last thing I care about as a sports fan is will the winner have an asterisk? I don't care. <laughs> Let's play these games, man. Let's go. That's fair, man. That's fair. And again, uh, I mean, this is all based off the premise, as we mentioned off the top, that everyone is healthy because that's first and foremost. 100%. And, you know, we're all talking about it under that, guys. And, you know, also, while sports has been out, We've done a we tried to do a pretty good job of talking about what else we've been watching without sports being on every night. And of course the Jordan Doc gave us some things to talk about, right? Which, you know, shouts to all the people who commented because there are a lot of people hitting us up in the mentions about our uh Jordan Doc thoughts each and every week. We yeah, appreciated yeah. that. Same thing goes for what we were doing before the Jordan doc, where we were just giving out recommendations on things to watch. A lot of people were in the mentions, either agreeing or disagreeing with our selection. So (laughs) we thought, you know, right after we talked about the NBA coming back, that still might not be for a couple months. So we're still going to have to find some way to, to pass the time here. Right. So we've been we've been kind of keeping track while the Jordan doc was going along. Knowing that it would be over at some point, and we'll still be here looking for things to talk about in terms of what we've been watching. So I'm going to start with you, Webby, and I'll ask you, first off, what have you been watching lately? What is it that you want to talk about here on the pod that has piqued your interest with there being no sports? Okay, so I know we're going to get to Dave I know we're mm-hmm. going to get to billions, okay. and I see that you're. Uh, I see on the notes. I'm late on this, but Fleabag is okay. We're going to definitely hit that. Uh, okay. But the one that I've been watching, it's an FX show, and it's okay. about. Uh, it's a little different about a piece of American history that I wasn't that familiar with, and it's about the like '70s women's liberation movement. Okay. Okay. Uh, it's called Mrs. America, and it's starring Kate Blanchett. Now, it's not necessarily about you know the some names you might recognize like Gloria Steinem and the fight for women's equality. It's framed around Kate Blanchett's character, who is a real person named Phyllis Shafley. Now, okay. Phyllis Shafley was a Republican lady, uh, conservative lady. She was married to a lawyer, and her whole thing was that real feminism is following what your husband says to do. Oh, my husband allowed me oh. to go out and say this. And she fought against something called the ERA, the Equal Rights Act, which still hasn't been ratified in the United States. And okay. so we're talking about, like, uh, the 70s, like beginning to mid to late 70s so far is where I've been watching this show. Um, 
And it's just about like you know women's liberation and the fight between these two groups of women, the women's libbers and these ones who were way more conservative, like the housewives, basically, right? Okay. And they're both politicking on both sides of the aisle. Like uh, there are Republican members of the women's libbers, there are like liberal members of the housewives. And the star power in this show, Shelly, would blow your mind. So there's Kate Blanchett. There is uh, uh, Rose Byrne. I don't know. She's an actress. Uh, The Crazy crazy Eyes from Orange is the New Black is in it. (laughs) And they're all playing real people from the time. So if you're into history at all... Mm-hmm. And if you want to learn a little bit about, you know, what it's like for the other, the fair sex, as they say, and all the fights that they had to put up with before even we were around, like, we, I find that, you know, females now will take some of this stuff for granted, right? Yeah. And just the fight that was put into it, and there's a lot about uh, race in America and where females fit in, but it's so entertaining, and it's done in such a way that it's like, it's not a history lesson. It's not boring. It's really quick. It's really sharp. And there's a lot of great stars in it. Great performances. So if you're interested in history at all, or if you're interested in, you know, like race or gender, uh, definitely an awesome show. And it's on FX. It's called Mrs. America. So I can't recommend okay. it enough. Okay. Interesting. Interesting. I, I'll off, add that to the list for sure. Yeah. A little off the beaten path. Something that a lot, maybe some of our uh, our listeners may not be up on, but I can't recommend it enough. So, okay. That, I'll definitely add that one to the list for sure. And since you mentioned being off the beaten path in another FX show, we might as well talk about Dave. Because okay. we almost talked about it a couple weeks ago, like yeah. I guess off the air. And I was like, no, no, no. Let's save it for the pod. Uh, I wanted I to make sure it. that you. S- oh, you hadn't watched it yet. Okay, I had watched. That's what I had watched like a random. I had watched the wooden T-shirt episode, and that was okay. It. And then I stopped talking because I didn't want to sway you at all. All I said was, "I have thoughts." Okay, now so r- real quick. Okay, uh, with everything being known, uh, Lil Dicky or yes. Dave, the the rapper that the show's about, mm-hmm. grew up in my neighborhood in Philly. <laughs> okay. He went okay. to like the neighboring high school. He's a couple years younger than me, but and I like I didn't hear about him until like I had graduated university. He's quite a bit younger than I am. Mm-hmm. But when I was like when I first heard him, you know, it was funny, you know, little Dicky, you know, he's a parody rapper or whatever, and I yeah. thought he was funny and then I looked him up. I was like, "Oh my god, he's from Cheltenham." So I started listening to him more and more. Yeah. And I was kind of like in terms of him as a rapper, I was kind of on the fence until yeah. I heard him on Sway. Okay. okay. Now, have you, have you seen him? I have, yeah. On okay. Sway, yeah, I did see that. And it's like one of the best ones of the last like four he years, can five years. Like he's no, no, got no, he can real, spit. He's got real skills. Mm-hmm. And, and we'll get into this about the show, but I, I think he needs to lean into actually being a rapper rather than trying to be funny. Oh. Okay. That's interesting. That's interesting. That's what I'll say so far. Now, I want to hear okay. your thoughts. Those are just pre so, thoughts from me. The show, I kind of felt, was like, you know, a parody of his life going through the music industry. Mm-hmm. Am I reading that right? Like, is that a fair assumption? Yeah. That, Do you know what I mean? mean? This kind of battle of, oh, is he? are you a serious rapper? Are you a joke rapper? What kind of rapper are you? What are you trying to say? All that stuff, right? So, like... I get what they were trying to do, 
The show I thought was okay, but I don't know. Like while I was watching it, I found that I liked the other characters. I found them way more interesting than Dave. Dave, I just found super annoying, which I think you're supposed to find them annoying, right. which we'll kind of get to when we talk about billions in a sec. But by the end of it, I was just like, you're like, the show's why isn't called the show Dave. And why isn't it called- about Gator? <laughs> but I'm just saying the show's about <laughs> Dave. And whenever Dave came on the screen, I was just kind of like, this is the worst part of the show. Like I was way more interested in, as you mentioned, Gator in that one episode when they focus in on, you know, just his whole backstory and being bipolar. And that whole breakdown was an incredible episode where, you know, as we reference another, uh, FX show that we loved in terms of Atlanta where they would just have different episodes that kind of catch you in a moment where you're, you think you're watching a comedy then they hit you with something super serious and you're just like, oh, okay, I didn't realize the beats that this show was hitting. See, so they're like, yeah, yeah go ahead. No, just going to say, so there were moments in the show where I was like, oh, this is really good. And when it got into the relationships, relationship stuff with his girlfriend or even the business stuff with his best friend and, you know, or even the guy who's a producer, when they started to dive into those topics or like had the scenes with the other characters and Dave's not involved, I was kind of like, okay, I could get, I could get by on this show. And it was kind of reminding me of Atlanta. It made me think like, oh, did they just kind of try to do like another version of Atlanta, but except, you know, instead of Dave and, or sorry, instead of, uh, what's my guy's name? Why am I drawing a blank? Why don't I, why don't Earn or Earn. Uh, Paperboy? I was trying to think of Earn's name, but in real life. I couldn't think oh, of Donald Childish Glover. Gambino for, for whatever reason. But <laughs> yeah. instead of Lil Dicky, it's Donald Glover. And you see the parallels in that character. And obviously, you're both are talking about the music industry. So I was like, oh, were they just trying to do you know, maybe uh, funnier or softer. And I don't want to say a white version of Atlanta because that's not what, you know what I mean? Like there, that comes yep. with connotations that it's not what I mean at all. But it just reminded me of the show Atlanta, except for when Dave would pop up and I'm like, this, this dude is fucking annoying. Like, I don't even <laughs> want to watch this. Like, I just found him so annoying. And especially that last episode with his whole rap about being in jail I just found that, like, this isn't even funny. This is just, like, you're going for shock value, and I get what you're doing, but it's not working. I wanted to turn it off. I only committed to watching it through the end just because I started it. Right. And, and like, uh, you're 100% right. Uh, Like, five minutes of shit. Even, like, just the... Uh, the synopsis of what the show is about, you can't help but compare it to Atlanta, which Mm -hmm. is a shame because Atlanta is, like... A masterpiece yeah. like some of the best television I've ever seen so of course it's gonna kind of get bid on for somebody mm-hmm. else's version but the thing yeah. is is that like where Dave tries to have these moments of like relatability to normal people like it doesn't touch Atlanta in that like no not I even am, close. I am a white kid from you know the suburbs of Philadelphia but there has been no uh, TV show that I've related to more than Atlanta with the mm-hmm. flashback episode and the FUBU. Yes. Yeah. And which one is real and which one is fake. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That is more than television, right? Like, yeah. Uh, 
so even comparing yourself or trying to strive to Atlanta, it's almost like, why even try? Because that show is brilliant. Mm-hmm. Now, I, I agree with you that every time, like, and it's got to be on purpose that, like, Dave, every time he's on screen, you're just like, oh, my God, dude, are you serious? Yeah. But, but the thing is, for me, it's like being a fan of hip-hop and stuff, I would be way happier if instead of making this show, Lil Dicky put out another album, but like elevated his sound to where it can go. Because he's got, like, first of all, he's got like the references. He knows his history about the music mm-hmm. and what's good. Like, he's smart. Like, you can tell that with the show uh, about where he puts his career, even in the kind of confines of the show. Yeah. But, man, like you say, he's got skills. And instead of doing this other stuff, like, I'd love to see him. Like, I'd love to see what the next little Dicky album sounds like. It's it's super interesting, though, right? Because at the same time, like, as you mentioned, it is completely unfair to compare anything to Atlanta. But I think it's just the, the crossover in terms of getting into the music business. You know, like that crossover, but also trying right. to do it with your friends that side of it and kind of the ensemble cast which atlanta does so well to where you know any one of those characters can carry their own episode and you're in on it and i saw glimpses of that in dave where you know there's really good things there like when you're dealing with the um his girlfriend and the relationship with her family and then her relationship with him and just him dealing with his career like that's an interesting thing there that they could dive more into right same thing for his friend who's a producer and his girlfriend's roommate you know that whole thing of when you know a group two people within the group of friends start hooking up and then how you balance that relationship within your friend group there's so much more we've seen that time and time again but i felt like i kind of cared about those two characters and i wanted to see what would happen with that and then, like, Dave would but pop you, up, you know, or, like, the next episode was Dave pops up again. I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah, I don't but, care about this you at just, all. You just said it. We've seen that time and time again. Even that kind of relationship between the friend and yeah. the girlfriend's roommate, right? It's like we've never seen anything but hold like, on. You, rum, you, like Rumspringa when <laughs> uh, when they go to that German town in Atlanta. For sure. Like, I've never seen For sure. anything like that in my life. But you know what the thing was that maybe got me even more was the fact that, again, and I know I bring this up a lot on this podcast, and it's something I said about Atlanta, I'm pretty sure, but the fact that Dave's friend was black and the girl is Asian, and that's not a part of the storyline. That's kind of what I mean in terms of like, We've seen it a bunch of different times, but maybe not like that. And that's where I give credit yes. to this cast where it's an ensemble cast, but it's well, it's super diverse. And they were, yeah. there were so many interesting things. Just, you know, his, his boy being the black guy, but grew up with all these white kids and never really fit in and hated the fact that he, that those kids are always making fun of him and he got it. So he was always like, fuck those guys. They were always yeah. also making fun of Dave, but Dave never really understood it. But this, but his friend did, right? And just seeing that dynamic. But again, I don't even want to step on the Gator stuff because I thought that was like that was an. Inc- I mean, that was like definitely the best episode that I've seen like so far. Great you know? television. Because I haven't quite finished it, but he, like, and that guy, I think his name is Gator. Yeah, like that guy is. Uh, it was the same thing when I saw uh, Lakeith. What's what's his uh, name? Lakeith in Atlanta. Stansfield. 
Yeah, what's his name though in the show? Oh, um, oh shit! Why am I drawing a blank? Uh, I can't. I know Earn and I know Paperboy. Uh, I'm drawing a blank. I'm gonna look it up. Oh, I am too. But like, I mean, the first episode I saw that guy and I was like, holy shit! Like this guy's gonna be a star. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah like yeah, he yeah, is yeah. hilarious and the whole thing. And I thought th- thought the same thing with Gata too. Like, and then they gave him that episode. It's just incredible. Yeah. No, it's it's super true, and I just think that. You know what he's done with that show like there's so much potential and even how it kind of wraps up at the very end which i'm not gonna say because i think people should watch it uh darius is his character darius on, uh, darius Atlanta. good, call. good um, call but even the way that it wraps up and i'm not gonna give it up i kind of understood what they were going for but i still felt like they kind of missed it and it is only season one, and I know it's been announced that season two is coming up. So maybe, you know, it it takes another turn. Because if you think back, season one and season two of Atlanta were kind of different. Holy, right? well, were they ever? So I mean, Robin season came out, and it was just like, what fire. is this? That, it was hitting notes, right? It was hitting a bunch of different yeah, notes. Man. So it was super cool. But overall, I would say it's an interesting watch. You know, give it a chance. But overall... I don't know. I thought everyone was saying, oh, Dave's really good. It's really funny. And it is. There's definitely funny moments. But overall, yeah, I, I can't really sure. rep a show where the main title character is the, is worst, the worst part of the show. <laughs> oh, I just want him to like, and I just want him to lean into the music because I think that he has it. Yeah. And I think that like he's got the skills and like I say, he's got everything behind him. And I think like some of the songs even like uh what was it the the beat of the little kid like the one where macklemore comes out at the end for the you know, <laughs> that, that was pretty song funny. like that beat that he had for that song was amazing yeah. like that would be an awesome little dicky song yeah, yeah. so i want him to lean into the music a little more like i'm glad that he's being successful and bringing uh, a lot of uh, pride to uh northeastern pennsylvania yeah. uh like we love we hate cheltenham but we love the neighborhood um and good for him but i want him to make more music Is- I think that he's really, ta- I think he's really talented. Yeah. The one thing I will, and I mean the show, that's what I'm saying. The show is good. And I feel so weird about, cause it sounds like I'm so negative about it, but it's just because I didn't no, like I, his character. Everyone else. Yeah, like I thought his just, parents are amazing. <laughs> They're oh, hilarious. So that, this is, this is the other thing. It's like the first episode I'm watching it and he calls them back in his hometown mm-hmm. and they're outside of the Willow Grove mall, yeah. which was my mall. Ah, okay. And I just about lost yeah, it. Yeah, like yeah, I had yeah. to text all my buddies back home. I was like, yo, have you seen Dave? Yeah. His parents are in front of Willow Grove. <laughs> right. So, I mean, definitely watch it. I want people to watch it. And the yes. reason why I think this links, because we were talking what about. What else do you have to do? Well, yes, for sure. Um, <laughs> but the reason why I think this kind of links to the next show I want to talk about, which is Billions, is because Dave, I was saying, is the main character. And, you know, what happens a lot now, and I think we talked about this before with Tony Soprano kind of being that first character where are you supposed to, yeah, like, are you supposed to like this guy? Are you not supposed to like this guy? How are you supposed to feel about him? And that kind of leads, led us through, you know, the Mad Men and Don Draper and you know what I mean? Like those kind of characters where you're, you're, you're kind of on both sides of the fence, right? You're supposed to, yeah. you like them, you're rooting for them, but you're not really supposed to. That uh, kind of leads us to Axe, Bobby Axelrod, and Billions. I'm going to ask you, Webby, are you caught up on this season? Oh, I'm, 
it's like one of those shows that I never miss an episode. Okay. I literally just watched because I knew we were taping this and I wanted to talk about it. So I made sure I didn't, I was out on Sunday, so I didn't watch it Sunday, but I wanted to make sure I watched it before we talked about it. And I'm so glad that I watched the last episode (laughs) because the, and this is what I'll say. First off, I love the show, right? I think the show is so well done. It's so smart. It's so funny. It's a great cast. There's so many good characters in it. I felt so conflicted at the very end of the last episode. So spoiler alert if you're not caught up on Billions, because I'm about to talk about it. Right as, like, I'm I'm like, I'm Team Axe. I've been Team Axe. I'm always rooting for Axe. I find (laughs) myself, right, on that side of it. And then when he leaves the kid's house, so he spends his whole time trying to talk about how he's trying to help his old neighborhood of Yonkers. Yonkers, right? Uh, shouts to DMX. Shouts by the to way. DMX for sure. I honestly thought there would be a DMX like cameo. <laughs> okay, uh, the, I that was keep that happen. thought. Keep that thought because that's definitely going to be. Keep that thought because okay. that's okay. in my like little thing about billing. Okay, so just to give people a little quick recap here, in that last episode, he's he, it's another one of his schemes where he's battling another billionaire. He wants to get a bunch of land in Yonkers to redevelop it, and part of it is. He connects with this young black kid that lives in the house that he grew up in. And he makes a promise to the kid, yeah, to kid and his parents, I'll come for dinner and I'll bring my chef and blah, blah, blah. So he goes through this whole battle and does a good job and he gets everything that he wanted. And then at the very end, he's about to go into the house and you're thinking, oh, this is a really good thing to do. And then he turns into the asshole and he's like, nah, you go in, tells his chef to go in, make sure they eat well. And he drives off and I'm like... Did they go too far in making Axe an asshole here? Because I was just like, did they? Did he really need to do that? Like, that's the biggest like asshole move possible. Like, dude, just go in, show face for a half hour, eat the meal, leave. But they just had to make him back into the asshole, and I think it's going back to the classic anti-hero that you're just talking about, where they don't want you to really, really like Axe, or if you do like Axe, they want you to. They want you to feel a little bit bad about liking Axe. And they succeeded. It got me. I'm fired up because I literally just watched it before we started recording <laughs> this. But how have you been enjoying Billions this year, Webby? Not since Newsroom. Oh. Have I hated Have I hated a show <laughs> so much and yet continue to watch it week after week? Like, won't, won't miss an episode. Okay. We'll tape it. We'll record it and watch it when I'm on my, on my little stationary bike here. Okay. Because, and I I couldn't figure it out. I I hated this show for so long. I think that you're right. The characters are great, and I think the writing uh, is great. Mm-hmm. And I'll tell like Koppelman and Levine, the guys who write it, they do a really good job. And it's not dialogue when I'm talking about writing. I'll tell you why here in a minute. Okay. But first, the plot m- means nothing. Nothing in this show. It's true. Uh, there are no consequences in the show. Um, Rich people it's basically problems. one of the yeah it's basically nothing really bad or good happens to anybody on this show but the reason why I love it is because this show is basically like a grown up entourage <laughs> you're not watching it to see if Vince and the gang can get out of this one yeah. you're watching it for all the cool shit and all the cool references and cameos and you're, yeah you're watching it because the people who are making the show know what they're talking about yeah 
And the things that they're introducing in this show, or the cars that they're driving, or the places that they're going, the things that they're eating mm-hmm. in Billions, are so thought out and care put into that it is like, for me, watching Billions is like a vacation. <laughs> because, listen, I'm never going to drive a, a like $300,000 motorcycle to the uh, coast of Alaska to take ayahuasca. <laughs> but if I did, that's how it would look, right? <laughs> yes. And, and you brought up the, the, the Yonkers thing. I was literally so surprised that, A, DMX didn't show up in the episode, yeah. let alone them not even mentioning it, because I they would never waste... It seemed to me like Koppelman and Levine, the guys who write it and created the show, yeah. and I think Sorkin, Aaron Sorkin's kid writes for I it, too. I think so. But, like, they never miss uh, a beat like that to for um, Maggie Siff's character. Um, What's her name? Um, uh, I, because you just called her Maggie Siff, I, that's so just through I want to call her Tara. Tara I want to call from, her Tara. But that's Tara from Sons, Sons of Anarchy, yes. <laughs> But they they always have that line of like, oh, this was well thought out, and it references this or yeah, this yeah, song yeah. playing. It, it all means something, and that's why I like it, yeah. and that's why I tune in. I used to hate it. Yeah, I used to hate billions. Like, why the fuck am I watching this? And then Succession came out, and Succession's kind of the opposite. Like the plot and the intrigue of the family. Mm-hmm. That's why I tune into that show. But for this show, it's like all the cool shit they have, yeah. and so I've accepted that, and that's why I love billions now too. Billions is, is it's such a fun ride. You're totally right about that. And, you know, they just have such great characters. And you're right. It's about the it's like the buddy hangout, right? And so even yeah, in that last it's like, oh, that last episode we were talking about Mafi getting to go back into the main spot and hang out with all his friends again. <laughs> right? Like that's how I feel when the show pops up every week. Like it's just like, oh, what what are the, what's this what's Wags up to this week, right? So it's so it was the scene with Wags and his son just eating lunch at his desk. Yes. And he had the meatloaf sandwich and I was like, man, I wonder where that meatloaf sandwich is from because I'm sure it's from some awesome restaurant in New York City that you got to line up for a week to get yeah. and somehow Wags has it. And and he's eating it with the ham and cheese from a really crazy deli with his son. It's like <laughs> the really small details of the show yeah. that like, that's what make it for me. Yeah. And like, even if you think of that, right, like Maggie Siff to play such, I like, I don't want to say iconic. That's way too overuse of a term, but to play such great characters on like Mad Men, having a pretty solid yeah. run on Mad Men, then to yeah, obviously man. being one of the stars of Sons of Anarchy, and then her role here on Billions is Wendy, right? Like, I first off, I love her character on the show, like yeah. absolutely love her. She might be my favorite character on the show, probably. I assume that, and because she's kind of she's the one really in charge of Axe Cap, so that's probably 100%. why I root for Axe. Do you know what I mean? But. I don't know. I just love, to me, I, I, I love the show. It's so funny. It's so smart. But you're right. Maybe DMX is going to come along. You know what? Brian Koppelman's really good at responding to people. So I'm going to just ask him on him Twitter up. and be like, wait a second. Yeah, man. How come, Why was where's it, where DMX? Where's DMX in the Yonkers? <laughs> yeah, how's DMX not in um, the Yonkers episode? Or at least a, a, a party up. You know, up in here. Uh, what is that song? Yeah, drop the, drop the tune. I think it's. Uh, I hate that song too, but it is party. A, no, it is kind of the go-to DMX track, right? 
Oh, no way. It's got to be stop, drop, no, shut no, no, down, no, no. open I up mean, shop, the, baby. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Let me rephrase that. The politically correct <laughs> okay. DMX song, right? Like, when when you're in safe spaces and you're going to play DMX, it's that song. That's what <laughs> So the, the, other thing, the other thing that I'll give Billions a lot of credit for is for the character of... Uh, um, Oh, the Taylor. Taylor Mason, yeah. Is uh, like the way that uh, the show and the writers handle uh, gender fluid character like that. I thought is it was really impressive for a show to like not treat a freak or as like a one-off special, um, uh, like after-school special episode. Of, yeah, uh, I thought that was really respectful and really cool, and I thought that they they deserve a lot of credit for having a character like that in a show, and not just a, as a one off, but as a really well rounded character. Yeah, and like a main character, right? Like obviously having huge points, but you know, Giamani in this is so good, so good. <laughs> right? His dad is like fucking incredible. <laughs> I want a show about the dad. He's so good. The show is so good. There's so many good characters on this television show. I, I love it so much. Every week, tune in just for the fun of it, just because it's all jokes. And even the last week's episode where he's trying to just like get his son out of trouble at his prep school, right? Like It was just such a great job of storytelling, but also as you point out, rich people problems right like here's this guy that's super stanky rich worried about winning or losing billions of dollars on a daily basis and yet takes like half his day to try to embarrass a principal <laughs> right yeah. so that his kid doesn't get in trouble like it's just so ridiculous on so many levels but you're right there are no consequences and that's kind of what makes it fun but yeah i love right. billions i'm in on it for sure um Anything else that you're watching, my dude, that you uh, want to touch base on for sure? Because we can save some uh, time. Maybe we'll save Insecure for next week, right? Because yeah, Insecure okay. still going. I'm enjoying that a lot. Maybe we'll 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 leave Fleabag for next week as well. If you've watched that, just watch season two. I you can even stop watching season one. Season two of Fleabag is what you should watch. Okay, I'm. I just started. And then season we should two. do. So by next week, we I'll should be done do the Wire sure. too. We should do the Wire. Oh man, the Wire is so good. I'm so happy to be rewatching because that. I want you to sell me on rewatching the Wire. I know I should. I watched it. You know, I loved it, but I've only watched it once through. So I think I watched the last season twice. So I'm about to finish season one and. Here's what I'll say, right? First off, though, I've always thought about rewatching The Wire just because I've only watched it straight through, like as it aired live. So going back, I'd only watch it in like pockets. You know, there'd be a marathon on, so I'd watch a little bit here, a little bit there, but mm -hmm. never really watch the full thing through. And then when The Ringer decided that they were bringing back, they're going to start a podcast that's going to go yeah. through and deep dive every episode with Van Lathan and Jamel Hill. And we're in the middle of this quarantine. I was like, you know what? I'm in. Watch an episode of The Wire. Watch the podcast on YouTube with Jamel Hill and, and Van. And it's so good. And first off, I want to give a huge shout out to The Ringer for hiring or giving platforms to people like Van Lathan and Jamel Hill because I think yes. that's so important for companies like that to give prominent positions to people <laughs> that don't just look like everyone else on their network because <laughs> that doesn't represent the the people that consume their media 
Which is a tangent for another day. Great point. Great point. A tangent for another day. But, you know, let's keep this. I'll keep it focused here. Um, (laughs) Yeah, I just love the pod. And the pod is cool because they watch it and talk about it like how I watch it and talk about it with my friends. And no, I don't mean, as I say this all the time on the pod, I don't mean black and white. I mean just you know being able to talk about like jamel hill talks about how her parents dealt with addiction right van's talking about how he grew up in neighborhoods and grew up among friends who might have been involved on in different levels of uh the drug the drug trade trade, right and like that's something that i can relate to so hearing people talk like that is you know i enjoy it right it's a really good watch and a really good re re rewatch so far of the wire so i'm almost through season one and I just came across the episode where um, I don't want to give it away because I don't want to ruin this part for someone, <laughs> even though there's no spoilers. Like if you've seen it, you've seen it or not. I'll just say this. I'll tiptoe around it. The meme of WeeBay, right? Which oh. people have to, if you don't know, if you don't know Listen, who WeeBay is. finest. We, WeeBay, another Philly guy. Well, if you don't know who WeeBay is, you definitely know the meme because you've used it or you've seen it online <laughs> 25 times over. I don't even know how to describe it. It's kind of like it's a black dude with a goatee and he's looking all surprised and he like he's like what? He rubs the goatee and he's like what? Oh, and he like turns around. You've definitely seen the meme 25 million times over. So I tweeted out that oh. I'm rewatching The Wire along with Van and Jamel on their ringer pod. And my reaction to this scene was like watching LeBron's chase down block on Iggy. I totally <laughs> forgot what WeeBay was reacting to in what has become one of the internet's best memes. And that alone made it worth it. <laughs> Rewatching the watch so just to see that well, scene and be like, oh, that's where I forgot. That's where the meme came from. That made me laugh. So, oh, and then the, the payoff that you get from WeeBay in season four with the kids yes, is like, oh my God, it's just so good. It, Man, I, you know what? You don't even need to sell me on rewatching The Wire. I should fire it up right now. It's so good. And they do a bunch of like different trivia. They give you like deep dive information on the podcast about, you know, different storylines about all the characters and, you know, little insight, little tidbits and nuggets that you didn't know before. Like, I'm really enjoying it. It's so much fun. It's a great show, but also the big thing, and I know I'm going on a little too long here, but it's how much I really respect The Wire and how much I've refound the love for it. Because I think when it aired, I'm obviously, you know, in my late teens, early 20s, and I yeah. still live in public housing. So I still like live in huh. some level of that. So watching it then is under a different lens and obviously wow. now watching yeah. it as an adult, right? Like fully formed and grown. And so you have a different appreciation for the characters and the scenes and, you know, the reminder that, yo, know, you're talking about Bodie and Wallace. Like they're like 16 years old. Do you know what I mean? And you, you kind of forget that. Oh, yeah. Right. And so just now being older and now obviously you understand or you get a lot more the scenes that don't involve the street level stuff, you know, the politics behind the scenes, whether it's in the actual politician's office or just the police station. Right. Like those things make so much more sense to you now as an adult and having worked in workplaces. I don't know. Right. Just a great watch. Definitely recommend it. Definitely recommend that pod as well. And yeah. You know, if if I'm gonna uh, recommend a pod that's not the Home Blast podcast, <laughs> why not the Ringer you hear, pod? 
did you have you listened to the um uh have you listened to the boomerang rewatchables yet i have not that's on the list though that's on the list it's it's pretty good so far <laughs> in a movie in a movie that i've seen a few times in my day <laughs> yes i gotta jump in and do that for sure that's definitely on the list i've i've really 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 have you know enjoyed reconnecting with some shows finding new shows we'll have a bunch Mm -hmm. more things that we'll recap next week uh i'll talk about homeland next week the loudest voice which i thought was a really good doc um i'll get in on the loudest voice yeah so we'll i got some stuff that i'll be able to save for next week we'll get caught up on what's going on with bobby axelrod and company we'll talk insecure Uh and whatever other nba news pops up we'll be here to talk about that make sense yeah, man. Uh, uh, listen, hopefully we got some awesome, awesome news next week to kind of go over when it comes to the NBA. For sure, man. Sounds good for sure. But if if in the meantime, between time, people want to recommend stuff. Oh, one other recommendation I got for you, Webby. Have you been seeing yes. the Dark Side of Wrestling or Dark Side of the Ring? Um, I, I, I know of it because the guy who makes it, I've met before. Ah. He's like a director from Nova Scotia named Jason Eisner. Okay. He's directed a couple of movies, a couple of shorts that are really good. He's usually a horror director. Okay. But, um, I know that he made the one about like, uh, he's made the series and I know that they have one about one of my favorite wrestlers growing up, New Jack yes. from the gangsters <laughs> yes. in ECW yes. and, uh, our mutual friend and big big uh, wrestling fan Joe Bacanovic was like you need to watch this episode oh. because it is incredible I got to so, message Joe I, about it then for sure cuz I watched it and I was like holy shit what is this <laughs> Yo New Jack was my guy they used to come out <laughs> Shelly, this group the gangsters on oh, ECW used to come, used to come out and they used to play um Natural Born Killers uh Ice Cube yes. and Dr Dre yeah yeah yeah, yeah and they yeah. They would play the song the whole match. Ew. Like they usually, you just walk up to a song. Nope. They would play the entire time. Uh, it's that doc. It was incredible. That series is really, really good. If you so, you know, there's a bunch. Like there was the Owen Hart one. It got it got it kind of blew up because it had the Owen Hart one just recently aired. Mm-hmm. And then the this season started with the Chris Benoit episodes. Angle. Oh, Chris Benoit. Yeah, that's right. right. So there's a bunch there. Maybe we'll, well, I'll pick a couple and we'll talk about that next week. But there's a lot there on the yeah. table. But, you know, I just want to put some stuff on your radar that we'll talk in like full it. and kind of break down next week because there's still not going to be sports, but maybe there'll be sports to talk about. But if I wanted to hit you up, Webby, if the people want to talk to you, where can they find you, man? Listen, uh, it's the same on Twitter and Instagram. Hit me up anytime. Let me know what you're watching. Let me know if you have any uh, uh, any good recommendations. Um, hit me up. It's at a Webster eighty four at a Webster eighty four on Instagram and Twitter. Hit me up. And of course, you can find me at shell alexander on twitter at sheldon alexander on instagram and of course shouts to the people that are liking and subscribing and sharing on uh, itunes soundcloud spotify google play youtube all of those places really appreciate you guys we revamped the youtube page youtube page looking frouche if I do say Ooh. so myself, so <laughs> take a look and scroll through, see all that we got to offer there on the On Blast Podcast Network. Of course, you know, the challenge is still going on, so we got our challenge pod up and running. Guy, challenge has been amazing. It's been fuego fire. 
but yeah just like and subscribe and tell your friends you know those things all matter when when we got upstart things like this going on and really appreciate the people that have been rocking us while there's no basketball to talk about but we've been filling the void We've been filling the void with recommendations, so really appreciate you guys rocking with us here, because as I always say, I used to pray for times like this to rhyme like this. This is the On Blast Podcast, as always, unpolished and unapologetic. Until next time, see ya. Peace.